Well, I wanted to start just this morning by uh, sharing a little bit about what's going to be happening in this next week uh, over Holy Week and a little bit of an outline and of what we're going to be doing here at Spring Creek. Uh, our community Lenten services have been online uh, this Lenten season, and uh, Spring Creek will be uh, facilitating or hosting uh, the Lenten series this week, uh, so you can um, get on our website and find the video that will be available for the community Lenten service on Wednesday. On Thursday, this is traditionally celebrated as Maundy Thursday. Now, I know it's Spring Creek tradition to do uh, love feast and communion on Palm Sunday evening. Um, the, the broader tradition uh, is typically to host that on Maundy Thursday. This is the, the day where uh, we think that Jesus met with his disciples uh, in a meal of preparation for uh, Passover. In the Gospel of John, Jesus actually dies as the Passover lamb, and so that, that Last Supper is a meal of preparation, preparing for that, that festival, that ceremony. Um, and so we will be having a love feast in our homes uh, with, with your family. There will be an online uh, guided set of meditations and some songs uh, from folks here at Spring Creek. We're actually really looking forward also later in the summer to having a celebration of Love Feast, hopefully outside, uh, when we can kind of gather and, and, and be together uh, more in an uh, embodied, enfleshed uh, way uh, over the summer. Friday, then, is Good Friday, and this is a time for us to focus particularly on the crucifixion. Uh, so many times in, in my own uh, life, it feels like I go from Palm Sunday, which is, you know, celebratory, welcoming in King Jesus, and we kind of skip then to Resurrection Sunday. Yay, Jesus has overcome the, the grave, and we, we don't take the time to kind of take in some of the weight of what Jesus does on the cross. And so on Good Friday, this is a time for us to focus on the crucifixion. Here we confess that it is our sin and the sin of the world that Jesus bears on the cross, not his own. And again, we'll have some scripture readings, some meditative times, and, and music available online to give us some time to think deeply about what Jesus does on the cross. Of course, then we get to celebrate uh, Resurrection Sunday. And uh, like I said, the weather right now looks like it's going to be cooperating. It'll be, it's supposed to be sunny. Um, so we're going to try and meet outside on the lawn. Uh, it'll be a little bit like our services back in the fall. Bring your chairs. Uh, we'll have all this area outside to sit in, to gather in. Um, you might want to bring a jacket or a blanket. It may be a little cool, uh, but we'll, we'll come and we'll be together. We'll sing, and um, it'll just be a time to celebrate Christ conquering sin and death and the grave. This morning is Palm Sunday, and so it's a special Sunday for us. As we look at this story, would you pray with me? Jesus, would you just be moving in this time? 
in our hearts. We know the fuller story. Your disciples didn't. So may we, in some small ways, begin to enter into their world, begin to enter into the way they saw these events um, with an eye towards the fuller story and, and what we know will happen later in the week. May the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts, be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this, this triumphal entry story, we kind of referenced it a little bit last week because our, our scripture last week actually took place after uh, the triumphal entry. As Jesus begins to set his sights on Jerusalem, one of the, the last places he meets with uh, close friends is in the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And it's here in their home where Mary breaks out this expensive perfume and, and she opens the jar, the, the, the lavish gift, and she washes Jesus' feet with this, this oil and with her hair. And of course, Judas criticizes her for wasting such a gift that could be sold. Not that Judas really cares, seems to care that much about the welfare of, of the poor. He seems to have other motives at this time. And yet, as Jesus meets with these, this close set of friends, others around them start to hear that Jesus is close to Jerusalem. And the crowds start to get excited that Jesus is coming. Jesus is going to come into the city. Jesus is growing in popularity with the crowds. They have experienced you know, the feeding of the multitudes. They have seen and, and, and um, experienced some of Jesus' miracles and, and healing. And the crowds, the, 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 the populace, the, those that have been kind of ostracized and are under the thumb of the Roman government are starting to flock to Jesus. Several times, even the crowds try to take Jesus and make him king by force. And in each of these stories, Jesus kind of miraculously uh, escapes their, their grasp. In John's version of the, the triumphal, story, uh, triumphal entry, it is the shortest of the triumphal entry stories from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It doesn't have the, the buildup and uh, the procuring of, of the donkey in the same way that, that Matthew, Mark, and Luke have. Instead, what we see here in John's version of the story is that Jesus comes walking to Jerusalem. And the crowds go out to meet him. And this was something that was often done as a, a, a conquering hero or an important king or Caesar or governor was coming to a city. And as the, the city people found out that this person was coming, they would go out of the city and they would greet them and they would welcome in this hero into their city, into their midst. It was a, a time of celebration. And so the crowds go out to meet Jesus when they learn that he's on his way to Jerusalem. They go out to meet their hero and welcome him into the city. And they greet him with palm branches. 
John's actually the, the only version uh, of this story that specifies that they are palm branches that people are, are greeting Jesus with. And often, uh, when, I, when I heard this story kind of growing up, it was just such, a, it was a beautiful image, and, and we'd wave our, our palm branches, and um, I, I often think of uh, you know, just a, this peaceful time, this, this peaceful image of the palm branches. But that's not how the people greet Jesus. Palm branches several generations before Jesus had become the symbol of Jewish revolt and revolution against the oppressive empires that were trying to conquer Jerusalem and Judea and, and the Jewish people. And so these people come bearing the symbols of their revolution. They're coming bringing banners and, and posters and, and their flags to, to welcome in their political hero. So think of those palm branches as the banners and flags of protest against Rome. And the crowd greets Jesus with, with the words, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And we read these, these uh, very words out of Psalm 118 this morning, and, and the girls pointed out that this is a victory song. It was sung to celebrate after victory in battle. And so as the crowd goes out with, with their banners and, and their symbols, they are yelling out the, the words of victory. Jesus is being hailed as a conquering hero. John even adds the line in, the king of Israel. He wants to make sure that we don't miss what's happening. That the crowd is welcoming in Jesus as their king. As they welcome Jesus as their conquering hero, this becomes problematic for Herod, for Pilate, for Caesar. They don't have room for a revolutionary in their midst. They don't have room for this public uprising. As Jesus comes into the city, Jesus, he finds a donkey. And he, he sits on this donkey, and he is fulfilling uh, some of the words of the Old Testament prophets in Zephaniah and Zechariah, who had talked about Jerusalem welcoming their king who comes in riding on a donkey. And so by Jesus choosing to, to find this donkey and sit on it, Jesus is confirming his kingship. He is confirming that in part what the crowd is proclaiming is partially true. But he's also making a statement that this is a very different kind of king and a different kind of kingdom. This is not the war hero that the crowd expects. This is, the one, this is not the one that they've greeted with palm branches of revolution. Instead, Jesus comes in a very different way. Certainly, Jesus' donkey is not going to stand up in a, in a military conquest against Rome's legions and, and war horses, it's not going to fare out too well. Donkeys are, you know, nice, cute, small animals. I guess they're cute. 
they spit a lot and do other stuff, so maybe not. Jesus is coming in a very different way. King, yes. Hero, yes. Conquering, yes. But not in the way the crowd expects. We come to verse 16. And this is an important note for us, and it's here that I want to spend uh, kind of the rest of the time this morning. It says this, His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of Him and had been done to Him. See, the disciples are, are part, of, part of the crowd kind of you know, seeing what's happening, experiencing the welcome, experiencing the, the fervor that the crowd welcomes Jesus with, possibly buying into the image that the crowd, that the mob is, is starting to form about Jesus. They start to, to maybe uh, buy into that frenzy because later we see Peter armed for revolution. We see Judas perhaps getting tired of waiting for Jesus to, to do the Messiah thing. They see what's happening with the events right in, from, in front of them. And they're processing it like many of their Jewish neighbors. And they don't catch all of what Jesus is up to. They aren't taking in the full meaning of what's happening in real time. Commentator Gail O'Day says this, It's only in light of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection and ascension that we understand the nature of Jesus' kingship. See, after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, and after the ascension, Jesus' uh, followers, the, the disciples, are thinking back over Jesus' life. They're thinking back about all of the events they're thinking back to the, to the triumphal entry and, and everything that happens in that week. And they're trying to make sense of what has happened. And the Holy Spirit is revealing aspects of the story that they missed in real time. It's only in the light of Jesus' crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension that we understand the way of Jesus. So over this uh, Lenten season, you know, we've, we've talked about dying to self, about, you know, not having to do things our own way, giving up that in order to follow the Jesus way. We've talked about self-sacrificially serving for the good of others. We talk at different times about loving our enemies, about going through death. And it's only in light of the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension do we understand the way of Jesus and the nature of Jesus' kingship. Most conquering heroes and, and would-be revolutionaries would greet the palm branches of revolution with a strong, powerful presence. They would rally their side with bravado and strength. Most of these heroes would set out to win victory over their enemy through the shedding of the blood of their enemies. But Jesus comes into Jerusalem, 
And he finds a donkey to affirm his kingship, but to show that it comes in a very different fashion. And Jesus' victory will be won in the shedding of his own blood, not the blood of his enemies. This is the shape, this is the the pattern that King Jesus takes. And so when we pray in, in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, this is the pattern that we invite. And when we pray, thy will be done on earth as in heaven, this is the pattern that you and I are invited into following in the way of King Jesus. The Holy Spirit helped uh, Jesus' followers to see a fuller, more robust version of what Jesus was doing in that triumphal entry. They didn't catch it the first time. They didn't see all of the, the, the prophecy being fulfilled. They didn't see all of what Jesus was doing in real time. But in light of the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension, through the power of the Holy Spirit, they started to go, you know what? I think Jesus was doing and saying something more. Something different. You and I have a a leg up on the disciples in understanding that bigger picture of what is about to happen in the week between the palms and the cross and then to the empty tomb. Last Sunday's sermon focused on on dying. And it was maybe a a little heavy or, or, or weighty. But as we begin to glimpse how we uh, can talk about dying to self in such dramatic ways when we see in light of the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can start to talk about what it means to die to ourselves, to live, to find real life in Christ. I hope that as we journey through this week, We're open to hear, open to to the movement of the Holy Spirit, helping us understand in a fuller way what these events are really about, challenging us, comforting us, helping us to dream in new ways. May we be open to that movement of the Holy Spirit. May it be so. Would you stand uh, to receive uh, the sending? As we journey through the week ahead, may the Holy Spirit be at work guiding each of us to understand the significance of what Jesus does during the week. From the agape love feast Jesus shares with his disciples, to the struggle and temptation in the garden before Jesus' arrest, his coronation at the hands of Roman soldiers, his glorification, atonement, and redemption on the cross, and the first fruits of a new world as Jesus rises from the dead. May the Holy Spirit be at work in each of us to grapple with new insights, 
In light of the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension, may we more fully understand the nature of Jesus' kingship. Go in peace. Have a great week.